0: Hey CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bowie. And you guys, I've literally been fighting my computer, trying to record, trying to re-record, trying to get all of this out here in the world for you for the past hour. And life is just not cooperating with me right now, such as the life of a business owner. So I am so excited to hopefully get this version out into the world. I've literally said that before, so I'm crossing my fingers here, hoping this is the time everything works, we get this out into the world, and just have a little conversation. We are having a solo episode today, which from the analytics, from the listens, from what you've been telling me, you guys seem to love. So we're just kind of going to walk through one of the topics that has been Most on my mind, on my clients' mind, and I've been asked a lot about lately. And that is, should I raise my prices going into the new year? So, you guys, I went and got a coffee. I am all energized. I am ready to go. It is a beautiful Thursday morning. That's a lie. It's not beautiful. It's actually really disgusting here. It's super humid, which I absolutely hate. I feel like my face is melting, but that's okay. We will get through it. We will not let the weather impact our mood, and we are going to get right back to business. So let's discuss. We are in a very interesting time in the state of business where life, business, the world seems to keep getting more and more expensive. And as a contrast, our consumers are also significantly more price sensitive, which means we are kind of at this crossroads of What happens? What can we do? What do we need to do when thinking about a price increase in 2024? I think a lot of people have this impression of, oh, new year, new price, charge your worth and add tax. These are all things that I have heard and they're good in theory. But one of the things we forget to consider is how a price increase could impact our business negatively and what we might be doing to ourselves. Through that. So, by no means is this an episode to tell you not to increase your prices in 2024 because I'm actually a proponent of it. I will be doing it. But this is something I feel like the world, especially if you are part of the online business community, it spews these raise your prices, do this, do that. And I think we have to be very, very intentional where we are sitting in you know, this kind of economy right now where a lot of my clients are saying business is slower, consumers are a lot more price sensitive, you know, what that entails. So I'm going to walk you through a few considerations, a few options, and then we are going to talk about what I am doing for my business. So I think the first thing that you really need to consider, and this might be like a really long-winded episode where I'm hopefully just triggering some thoughts in your mind. I can't in good faith sit on a podcast and say, this is exactly the right thing for you without knowing you and your business. Because I just think everyone's situation is so unique, which is why, you know, at my firm, I mostly focus on that one-on-one level consulting. I'm not going to sit here and give you a formula and say, this formula works for everybody because we all know that's not the case. We all have different goals, hopes, dreams, financial position, businesses, whatever that may be. And so really today, it's just going to be some thoughts, some questions to jog your mind, and then I will tell you what I'm doing. So number one, I think when we are looking at price increases, we have to consider and understand what is our growth strategy for our business. I'm going to walk you through a couple of the ones that I've seen and then the one that I embrace and most of my clients embrace. So. I would say three of the main business models I see is number one, what I call this white glove agency model. And this is where you are focused. You you have a team, you have an agency, you are focused on serving clients, but you are focused on serving clients in a luxury way. We are attracting high ticket clients, but also giving a high level service. So this model is really based on fewer clients, but higher higher deliverables, higher results for them, and higher pricing. We tend to get higher margins in this model just from a financial standpoint. However, it's so important to note that when you are in a model where you have clients, you may have 10 clients paying your entire team, running your entire business. It's very important to understand the impact that losing one client can have in this model since they are paying you such a significant amount of money. So, really, just throwing that to you to think. The second model I see a lot is more of this um, high volume agency model. So, again, we have you know multiple people serving. We have a team probably set up similar to an agency, but in this model, we are actually focused on serving higher volume of people to take home more money. Likely our prices are lower than industry standards, and that's how we attract more people. So getting more people in the door, our margins are lower, but because it's so much easier to sell to clients, since obviously we are at the bottom of the price structure, it's a lot easier to sell. So we get more clients in the door, and that is how we are going to make more money through this model. Definitely our margins are going to be lower, but we're going to have more people. They're going to be easier sales. Also in this sort of model, you probably aren't investing in the level of, I would say a good example is like software. Like I pay a thousand plus dollars a month for the absolute best software for my clients because I know I would put myself in this white glove agency model. But if I'm in this volume model, like we very much make sure that if they are paying us a lower price, it's not the absolute best, you know, software service. We're not as focused on so that's kind of how we're recouping some of those lower ticket client expenses. So that's going to be your second model. And then this third model, which I've seen an emergence of lately, is less of an agency model and more of a one-to-many model. So when you're looking at a service provider, how can I, as one person, go out to many? So this could look like one-to-many programs, one-to-many groups, courses, things like that. This was very interesting because we don't have as much team expense however from a financial standpoint our back office is going to be incredibly expensive and making sure that you know that's where our investment is going to depending on how you engage the strategy there is a good chance you will be leaning more towards the white glove service here because you have to justify why should people come to work with you even when they don't get one-on-one service. Or you could have a luxury, you know, this is the one opportunity you have to work with me. But you don't have other use in the business, if that makes sense. Like there are probably not other revenue generators in the business. So in this model, you have to be really, really intentional where you're spending your physical time. And then how we are embracing a little bit more of, I don't want to say passive income because. I like genuinely don't believe that there is true passive income in a business. You're always working for it. You're always doing something. Some of it's easier to serve on than others. We're really embracing that model. So these are kind of three of the models that I have seen. If you have a question about what you want to do for your model, pros, cons, what, how your finances should be set up for each one, let me know. DM me on Instagram. I would love to talk through this with you. What we are going to be focusing most on today is that first one I talked about, which is this white glove agency model, because that is what I have in my business. This is what a lot of my clients have. So when we are looking to expand in this model, I kind of mentioned before the biggest, I don't want to say red flag, the biggest warning sign that I see here is because you have such high ticket clients, losing one could be very difficult for your business. Now, if we raise the prices on all of them and we lose one, there is a good chance that maybe, you know, oh, we're cool, we're doing the same level of, or we're doing less work, but we're making more because the price increase on the others have outweighed this one. So it totally could work. But I'm going to caution you when you are in this model, how important one client could be for you. So just something to think about as clients are very, very sensitive to price increases right now, And if we do increase prices and lose a client, how are we going to make that up in an environment that may seem a little harder to sell? The second thing I would say, probably in favor of raising prices in this sort of model is life has gotten heck of expensive right now. It's just so expensive to pay for softwares, to pay for all of the fancy things. Even our team right, has gotten more expensive to serve and i would hope and think that if you have i guess it also depends on the clients you're serving but that your clients are kind of going through similar things so really thinking about where have our prices increased and specifically where have those prices increased that will be variable with the client so maybe you have a software that you have to get a license for every single client you have there is no way that you will get to a economy of scale where you have out outpaced this price increase. So thinking about how our costs are increasing there and how we want to maintain those profit margins. The next thing I would say is making sure that when you are calculating the prices for your offers, for your services, you are not forgetting your time. I think it's so easy for us to say, oh, well, like my time is, I can only win on that, right? Because I'm not actually physically paying anyone out for that. But making sure that we are saying, you know, I deserve to be paid a good rate. Maybe it's 300 an hour. Maybe it's 500 an hour. I don't know what that looks like for you. But understanding there is an opportunity cost of your time going into these services. So making sure our prices are structured around what we want our time to be worth, that also gives us a really good cutoff as to where we can outsource other things. So if I am pricing my offers where I'm making $300 an hour for my time, and I want to do some admin work, do some you know marketing work, whatever that looks like, I understand that if that's going to take me 10 hours, well, I might as well pay somebody else to do it for $3,000 because that is what my time would be worth. So thinking through all of these things in your business in this model, and I would say that you know the most contradictory for you here are going to be What happens if you lose one client? Can we make that up? And how much your current prices are increasing? So let's talk through uh, a different way we can maybe quote unquote raise prices without actually raising prices. And I think this is something uh, that we can be thinking about going forward with consumers being so price sensitive. So one of the things that I have seen implemented and have worked with my clients this year is. Keeping prices the same but reducing deliverables. Now, if you have retainer clients like I do, this is going to be very hard to implement, and I maybe wouldn't implement this. It's not something that I would do. But for people who do have project based clients, maybe you're a website designer, maybe you do branding. You kind of secure clients, work with them, and then let them go. I think this is a great option. So. Making sure, seeing how we can decrease deliverables in our packages while still keeping them the same. And I think this one is very important for clients to, for you to understand what is important to your client as part of this deliverable and what is maybe ancillary. So one of the ways that I've been working with some of my clients to reduce the deliverables or reduce the time it takes to create these deliverables is, making more of a templatized option for clients so let's say you um own a web design agency and you have clients who are very price sensitive so instead of saying it is going to be five thousand dollars for this custom website build you get three pages you know we'll do all this whatever that looks like instead maybe let's say hey For $5,000, you can now choose from any of these four pre-built templates. We will add on XYZ elements to customize them for you. But this way, we are keeping the deliverables, like the tangible deliverables, the same, right? They need a website. They need their copy put in there. They need their branding in there. But you don't have to take the time to design something from scratch. And I think in this world, really... Giving clients the options to have a deliverable that they need, but then understand they are going to have to pay a little bit more, or a lot bit more, for the customized luxury experience. So in these two scenarios, we have given clients what they needed, made sure that there is an option for them to get what they want, still at the price point that it has been. So you can still get this website deliverable for five thousand dollars. However, Also, if they really do want this custom service, this custom option, okay, that's going to be $8,000, giving them an option. So, this is very different than saying, Hey, this package I'm taking, I'm raising it to $8,000 and losing people who may only have $5,000 in their budget. So, in this model, I would expect to see packages shift backwards a little bit, right? We are adding more of a, I guess, trying to like visually explain it. We're adding more of a lower tier option. And now that starts at our previously lowest price point, right? So it is kind of increasing the prices on what is currently there. But instead of just increasing the prices for everything and making our like lowest price now higher, instead, we're keeping the prices exactly the same and changing those deliverables. And I think that this is going to be Incredibly important in this next year to be able to still offer clients something they want so they can still get that thing they reached out to for. They can still get that website, that copy, whatever it is, but they don't have to pay a higher price unless they want to for the customized service. And, you know, custom is something that we need to get accustomed. (laughs) Little pun there to paying more for and having clients pay more for. So this is the biggest strategy that I think people will use in 2024. I cannot believe I'm saying that. So if you were sitting here saying, there is no way that I can keep going with my current prices. I need higher margins. I get you and same, right? So we need to make sure that these are in line with our costs. We are not settling for lower margins, but we also need to give consumers an option to still pay these prices because they are so responsive and reactive, sensitive, I guess, to price increases, right? So I would say this is the biggest thing that I would expect to see in 2024. And I'm really excited to hear some of you implement it. Now, let's look through my scenario, how I thought about this for my business and what I will be changing. So For those of you who don't know, I do have three package options. So they are the trendsetter, the Trailblazer, and the Disruptor. These are my three packages. We do occasionally do a consulting-only one called the Groundbreaker, but I would say these are our standard packages. And the way that I'm thinking about this is how do we tailor these packages to be more repeatable for us? to get similar client results but also still maintain this luxury level of service in a way that's accessible to clients. So, really understanding for me the big goal of my firm. If you listened to my pricing or to my financial episode, you know the finances behind my firm and if you haven't, you totally should. I literally laid everything on the table and exposed myself a couple of weeks ago. I am in a phase right now where I am very focused on growth in the business and if that means that I am taking home less money for me personally, I'm okay with that for the immediate time being. Obviously, there is a set amount that I'm like, "No, I like need to take this home to, you know, pay my bills, to save, all of that." But I am very blessed to be in a position where it is more important for me to invest in growth and growing the business. So I think that's one important caveat. The second thing that is important to my situation is I recently hired a new team member, and this team member is not yet full. Yet I am paying this team member. I am paying them hourly, but would love to eventually adjust them to a salary. But there is a minimum number of hours that they want to be working a week. So I will be paying them that number of hours regardless of they have this work. So for me, the biggest thing was, before I make any dramatic price increases for new clients, I'll talk about what I'm doing with old clients. For new clients, I am going to make sure that my employee is a little bit more full. Now, we will be making some slight adjustments just to cover. I think I mentioned like our software has gone up three times this year, right? So there are some things where I am just increasing to keep my margins even similar to where there were. The second thing I'm doing that's pretty big, the are and the Trailblazer, those are our low and middle tier packages. Right now, I am a little bit more hands-off on these packages. The Disruptor is where I am. As I personally hit my limit in my capacity, we are dramatically increasing prices for that third tier package, which is really like a one-on-one, you're working with me in a high-level capacity. As I have proven my worth, we have gotten results for clients, more and more people want to work with us. My personal time is a lot more valuable, so we are dramatically increasing prices on that service versus the other two is just going to be a little bit more. I also know that with some restructuring of my team and how I pay people, how I price offers, This middle offer is going to be the ideal offer for me where I want to drive clients to, where we are providing more than just, the. I would say our lowest tier offer. We love doing it. We love supporting people, but the middle one is really where we thrive and what we want to be doing. So some of this is structuring prices to guide people to the result you want them to get. So our price increase for the lowest pocket will be a little bit higher Then for the middle package, because then when people sit here and say, oh, well, I get this much more deliverable service access to people for only this much more cost, it's very easy for them to say, oh, perfect, we'll do the Trailblazer package and we feel like we're getting a better value for that. So a lot of this has to do with the psychology behind selling them, the consumer, all of that. I also will be very strategic on, for our new clients, you know, when we do that price increase, making sure that it comes at a time when people, when my team is full and we need to slow down on new clients or I need to hire or we're making more investments. So that is really how I am viewing that pricing structure and increases. Now, the second component to my business that some of you may have and some of you may not is I have uh, retainer clients that have been with me, some of them for over a year at this point. And our contracts, we have a minimum contract length, but after they've hit that minimum, it's just indefinite. How long do they want to continue working with us? And this one is always very hard because, especially for someone whose business is growing so rapidly, the prices at which some of these clients signed on are legitimately like, the floor of where we would ex- accept clients now. I personally, I love the clients I have now. So there is definitely a component of I don't want to lose them because I just love them. But I also don't want to increase their price all the way up to where it would be for a client to sign these days. Because in my mind, and this is a personal decision. These clients are rewarded for their loyalty to us, for giving a chance when we weren't as big or popular of a firm. And I also have built relationships with them in a way that like, I want to continue to work with them. The other thing for me is when I look at the hassle and the stress and the time to onboard a new client versus maintain one that I have known for over a year, things are very systematic for them understand them, understand their business. I would rather take less money from an existing client that I know is going to be a continued good client. They are not going to be hassle me or my team. I understand what's going on in their business versus find a new client, onboard them. It might be a disaster. We don't know what's going on in their business. We're kind of taking a gamble with a new client. That is a situation in which I said, you know what? I would rather keep these existing clients that we know what we're getting into. So, all of this has really been how I've evaluated my pricing over the past year. I think right now there is a lot going into this decision, but I just wanted to make this episode to caution you. I know the online business world says things like, oh, life is so expensive right now. Raise your prices accordingly, but also be ready for your inquiries, your leads, your everything to adjust accordingly as well if you are skyrocketing those prices. Because where we're sitting in the world right now, your consumers, depending on who that market is, is very price sensitive. So just wanted to bring that up before we get to the end of the year. And you have all these people saying, you know, price your worth and add tax. But, you know, hey, there will be no tax if you don't make a lot of money. So Anyways, we have been chatting for over 25 minutes, which is mind-boggling to me. I cannot believe that. And I hope this episode has given you a lot of things to think about in your business when it comes to pricing. And I am not sitting here saying, yes, you should raise. No, you shouldn't. Whatever. I don't know you and your situation. And if you want me to get to know you and your situation, please send me a message. Let's connect on Instagram. Let's connect on LinkedIn. Whatever. Shoot me an email. I don't care. Let's get to know that. But high level, I don't know you and I don't know your situation. So I just wanted to give you a lot of things to think about that are going to be dramatically different from what the online business world tells you. When you are building a legacy business, when you are in growth mode, when you are thinking long term about a serious business, this is not a hobby. We are making real money from this. Getting through these times that feel more difficult and with a CEO mindset of saying, what is the best strategy behind this? Not, how am I going to make the most money from people right now? No. How in the long term are we going to make the most money? Maybe we charge slightly less now to build up our clientele, to lead to referrals, to lead to brand awareness. And then one day that will pay off as opposed to saying, right now I'm going to charge more because I need the money right now. Right. Really putting on this CEO hat and saying, 10 steps down the line, how is this decision going to affect me? So just wanted to bring that to your mind today. It's probably been a whirlwind of a time for you listening to this episode, because I know I just threw a lot at you, a lot of thoughts, but I hope this has helped you understand. And if you want to connect, if you have any questions about this, want to talk through your own business, please, please reach out. Well, that is the end of our episode today. I hope you guys have a lovely rest of your day and I can't wait to be back next week and have more of these conversations. And let me know, are we liking the solo episodes? What do we wanna hear about in the future? Let me know in the comments below, DM me on Instagram and we are going to make this so we are serving you in the best way possible. All right, CEOs, thanks for joining me and we'll see you next week.